Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The following is a presentation of Morning Drive Media. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Force Center Podcast feed. I'm Ken Napsok for another edition of the Superstar Story of Our Fleet, Force Center, here on the network. And I'm joined by Joseph Scrimshaw for this special edition. I'm happy to be here on the bridge, Ken. It's good to be here, climbing out of the data pits, uh, data pits and talking. <laughs> uh, no bounty hunters on our ship here yet. Uh, Joseph, we had a great time talking with Jennifer last week about all the news in the Star Wars world. But uh, I think it's time for you and I just to dig into yeah, a topic. That's right, right, to go real deep. Yeah. Super nerd chills deep. Noteworthy deep. Like, I I had to make some notes, started to make some notes, and the topic is, which we'll soon learn here... I, I, I already got a little overwhelmed and confused, which is yeah. good. It's 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 tantalizing that we're yeah. digging deep. Yeah, I yeah. think we'll be very, very confused throughout. I think it'll be great. 
And as always, you know, Joseph and I, we're not experts. We're just expert appreciators of this, meaning we have microphones. Um, so <laughs> if you're opinions, out, yeah. out in opinions, and it doesn't mean our opinions are always fact. No. Not at all. Not in this world. We are not of that type. But uh, as we dig through this stuff, and, and if you have an interpretation or you have a, a question, clarification, or just a note, be sure to join us on Twitter at Pod. Use the hashtag center to talk about it. And of course, we got the Facebook page, which is also uh, very important to our show as well, where a lot of our questions come and we want to grow that page so if you haven't already go over to facebook which is still at the forefront of social media it's not linkedin yet um (laughs) go over there and like the page uh and joseph what is our topic today well it comes from facebook this is a question we put out our questions uh for every episode and this one was a long one and it also contains a phrase about, please, I really want you to talk about this. <laughs> and I kept including it in other episodes of Force Center. Like, we're going to talk about this. And I was like, no. Right. This deserves a good amount of time. Yeah. So the question is from Adam Taylor. And I'm going to read it. Sit back. If you drink, get yourself something to sip because this is a long question. I really want your take on this theory. What if the prophecy of the Chosen One bringing balance to the Force was misinterpreted by the Jedi? Presumably... The balance the Jedi were talking about meant no Sith. But what if it meant that the Chosen One could balance the light and dark side of the Force within himself? Then, in parentheses, Clone Wars Mortis episodes, which we'll get to. What if Luke was teaching this in his new Jedi Academy, and that's how Ben Solo was introduced to the dark side? So I think we've got kind of one big meaty question of... What does the prophecy mean, and did the Jedi misinterpret it? And then this nice little side question of just some fun fan theorizing about the ongoing Star Wars story that we're in the middle of right now, and, yeah. and is this is this uh, the philosophy that Luke followed to his folly? To his to his folly and detriment, and and that's a deep question, Adam. I'm I'm glad you're out there with us celebrating this story of Star Wars and loving to roll up your sleeves and getting this deep. I'm saying all that. To kind of stall Joseph, because <laughs> I'm overwhelmed by this question, yeah. and I love it. Well, let, uh, let me jump in. Should yes, jump please. In? Yes, start? please. Okay. So, good. Good. <laughs> Do it. Uh, so I think that, yes, the Jedi misinterpreted this for sure. Yeah. This goes on my long list of things that I think were really cool ideas in the prequel uh, that were not executed as well as they should have been. I love the idea that the Jedi have been sitting on this prophecy for many, many years, decades, maybe centuries. It's a very old prophecy, and they think they know what it means. So when Anakin comes before them and Qui-Gon is pushing, like, maybe this is the child of the prophecy, they're so busy thinking about, is he the child of the prophecy? And they don't get around in their sort of a pomposity Mm -hmm. of questioning the prophecy. Absolutely. It, it contributes, I think, a little bit to the fall of the Jedi. Absolutely. Yoda talks about the, the young Jedi. It's almost as if he's, he's complaining about millennial Jedis. Um, <laughs> he, he's talking about a little. There is some arrogance going on in the younger ranks. I think at the time we interpret it as him talking about Anakin, and he is probably on the surface, but there's obviously bigger things that we're not seeing in, in the story, in the movies. Uh, Lucas is putting that in there. So I absolutely can get behind this idea that it wasn't until recent years that I really rolled my sleeves and dig into that the Jedi were wrong. Oh, yeah. Which I led think... us to believe the wrong things. You yeah, know? they certainly, and they, and they blatantly say in Revenge of the Sith, you know, a prophecy that may have been misinterpreted. Correct. And they kind of look at each other like their minds are blown. Right. And that was my first viewing, one of the many times that I had a hard time not 
yelling at the screen. Not yeah. in frustration, but in like excitement with the story of like, of course, guys, come on. <laughs> of course you misinterpreted it. And, and even Obi-Wan at the end, you were supposed to bring balance to the force, not not go bad, not destroy it. Yeah, not, not leave it in stuff. darkness. Not yeah, you're meant to destroy the Sith. Yeah, so Obi-Wan explicitly says in Sith yeah. that the Jedi interpretation, we don't learn it until the end mm-hmm. there, at least from just the movies, yeah. that the Jedi interpretation is that the boy will bring balance by destroying the Sith. Which is an easy thing for them to think, because we're always going to think, uh, we, the royal we, Star Wars characters included, <laughs> that we're going to think about victory or, or demolishing the other side. Right. And balance m- means, you know, everything is good again. Yeah. So I like this idea that the balance could literally mean a balance, that even the force is a big gray area at times. And yeah. maybe they need each other. Um uh, refresh me. In, in the original trilogy, there's not too much about that. No. And, and it, it seems embarrassing for me to have to ask that because I've seen this movie 50 times. But it was really the prequels that introduced that. So uh, prophecies and chosen ones is something that's a very, you know, it's not something new when it comes to fantasy um, storytelling. Yeah. Um, so we, as fans, I know I did. I jumped on it right away that, oh, Anakin's the, that makes some sense. Um, then the question, there was a question for a long time, and I, I don't know the answer uh, at this point, that that it was fulfilled in Jedi. Yeah. So the, I think that's a lot of people's interpretation mm-hmm. is, so the two interp- main interpretations that I've heard mm-hmm. is the idea that, well, maybe he fulfilled his destiny, Anakin, by uh, slaughtering all the Jedi mm-hmm. and leaving two Sith and two Jedi, basically a master and apprentice, sort of balancing Vader, Palpatine with hmm. Yoda, Obi-Wan. Like, and that only really works if you stick to the movies in that most of the right. Jedi were wiped out because then we've got Inquisitors and Kanans and Ahsokas and, <laughs> and Ezra's all and these characters great love, Jedi but, and yeah. who knows, and probably yeah. force-friendly Ewoks <laughs> out there eventually if we keep They're getting, out there. They're, they're out there. there. <laughs> they're in Jennifer's heart and at Jennifer very wants least. us to believe that they're out there. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah. So that's one interpretation. So if you wanted to be like, wow, the Jedi really misinterpreted it, meant that he was going to reduce their ranks. Yeah. So that there was literal equal balance. But I think the most popular interpretation is the idea that he did destroy the Sith eventually by killing Palpatine and in the pro- pro- process killing himself. I still tend to accept that as the way. Yeah. I still think that's the one. I always say the answer is sometimes the answer. Uh, <laughs> you know, the one that we, we want to maybe dig deeper. But um, but in, in opening the discussion and knowing that The Force Awakens is a thing <laughs> and the story is continued, I think we may discover that, that there is certainly more to it. And I, I'm intrigued by what Adam is putting out there that, yeah, maybe Luke was getting into some dark stuff because he goes out to seek the first Jedi temple and we're, we believe he's on a mission to learn more about the force and the origins of the force. Yeah. So, yeah, there could be something there. And I, yeah, I think he might be researching the ancient mystery of are the Jedi assholes? Are they just <laughs> inherently jerks? Because... I think so that, Luke's got a podcast. <laughs> are the Jedi assholes with Luke Skywalker? <laughs> hey, guys. Uh, yeah, he's, he's got nothing to do but record out there mm-hmm. on that island. Um, yeah, so I think going back to your question about the original trilogy, mm-hmm. we certainly learn all of the positive, wonderful things about the Force and the way the Jedi perceive it. But then you strip it away, and it 
appears to explicitly be Obi-Wan's view, maybe Yoda's, that, well, the only way to deal with this Mm -hmm. is to just kill Palpatine and Vader. That's what has to happen. Right. The force is for knowledge and defense, and the only way to defend the galaxy is to slaughter them. So the Jedi continue from the prequels and the original trilogy to have the perspective that balance is kill them all, (laughs) no Sith. The balance is victory. Yeah, the balance is... Just when there are good light using yeah. Jedi, which yeah. is not what the word balance means, right? And 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 uh, you know, I I come from a point of view in life sometimes that sometimes only true peace can come from war. Uh, that's not that means you should go for war, but sometimes that is just what you need to accomplish it. But then, yeah, you're right. I actually really have not thought about it until this moment. Just wow. then, this question is, yeah, balance is a weird word to use. It's that is really your interpretation of balance. That if balance is our victory, uh, you know we're gonna make uh, we're gonna make this good by killing you, and then all will be balanced. Be- <laughs> that seems to not be the definition of balance. Yeah, yeah, that is not the definition of balance. It's a Fox News term of balance. <laughs> That's not right. Yeah. So, and I think maybe Lucas. I think I tend to think that Lucas, and maybe he's explicitly said this. I seem to remember this that he perceives that it is Vader at the end of Return of the Jedi, Mm -hmm. that he's completing the prophecy then. But then he goes and he creates these Clone Wars episodes, this Mortis arc, which is weird and meaty. Uh, And if people haven't watched that particular arc, it's a three-episode arc. It's this very weird thing where they go kind of out of space and time as they're known. They go to this weird planet where there is a father, there is a son and a daughter, and the father is the one trying to hold everything together. The daughter is all light, the son is all dark. Right. All it, It's Obi-Wan, Anakin, and Ahsoka who go, and they all have visions, uh, some of which they forget about the possibility of Anakin becoming Vader, and Qui-Gon's voice shows up. Yeah. But the the I think the big takeaway in terms of this question is the father has the perspective of balance that the word actually means of these are both of my children, the light and the dark. Right. And I can keep them in check and in balance here. They need to stay here. Yeah. And he's fascinated with Anakin because he thinks Anakin can access the powers of both sides. And, li- and literally stay here and take over for me and, and yeah. keep my, my son and daughter. Yeah. For those who, who have not seen the Clone Wars Mortis episodes, I do suggest maybe stopping and catching up and coming back. It's only fair because I think we're going to get into some, some, some stuff here. And they're yeah. fascinating episodes. Meaty is an understatement. Uh, they're a little mind-bending psychedelic at times, too. It's uh, it's, it's so <laughs> it's out Lucas of place. Acid trip. Yeah, so out of place in the Star Wars story. But then... It's one of those things when I found out that Lucas was very much behind these episodes yeah. from a creative standpoint. Your your little, I don't want to say the respect returns, but it's like you kind of remind <laughs> yourself, oh, that's right. I like, yeah, return of the respect. Yeah, yeah, George should earn a little bit more from us it's at times. got so many great, intriguing it's, ideas and not clear-cut and simple. I think that mm-hmm. part of these questions and a question like this is I don't think that Lucas or really anybody creating these questions about the Force intends for them to be clear-cut. I right. think they intend them to be fun puzzles like this. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I'm gonna, can I go to the end of this, this oh, arc? Do. Uh, this is interesting because it, it might help answer this question that Adam's proposed here. It, it, you know, again, I'm spoiling. I'm spoiling. Yeah, this is audio, but I'm waving my hands. Spoiler <laughs> hands, all right? As Maud used to do, the spoiler Kermit hands. Uh, with his dying breath, Father proclaims Anakin the Chosen One. Mm-hmm. Proclaims him as such. Since he has brought balance back to this world, meaning Mortis, and promises that he will do it again. 
but warns him to beware his inner self or else he'll bring doom to the galaxy. So, did Anakin slash Vader fulfill... Which part of that did he fulfill? Yeah. This is now the question I have. Did he end up destroying things? Did he end up... Did he destroy it and then fix it again? Yeah, well, well, maybe here's the thing. Like, well, he certainly brings doom to the galaxy, right? Yeah. I mean, it seems like the, from what I recall of the episodes, that there's like, hey, don't just don't do this one little thing of turning evil and becoming a, a really mean cyborg. Oops, you did <laughs> if, if you don't do that, everything will be good. Oh, you yeah. did. Uh, but I wonder, this is a really interesting idea of, maybe it is a two-step process of, like, yeah. maybe the Force doesn't want to be as manipulated. Right. So maybe bringing balance to the force means just like, hey, we need Jedi and Sith to knock it off. And he <laughs> successfully ended the reign right. of both orders. Like, and they're in their sort of mm. structure as we meet them in the prequels and had existed for centuries. He ends the Jedi order. Yes. And he ends the Sith order. Okay. Again, another form of true balance. You might be right. Yeah. I can't, <laughs> which would make it interesting that the Jedi spent the entire existence uh, preaching about the prophecy of the chosen one, which is, is to get rid of them. No. I think um, they just treated it like a little fortune cookie. I'm yeah. Like, eh, I don't know. Eventually, maybe. Who knows? We, I mean, we joke, but there's something to this, the, the Jedi or a-hole stuff, uh, you know, to a little degree. I'm joking. Yeah. Uh, of course, a little tongue-in-cheek. But yeah, they, they, they you know, to the, the Victor uh, rewrites history there, and they came out on top for a long time when yeah. the Sith lay dormant. So maybe it was very, you know, those Sith guys, the yeah. Sith army... Bane and all those people, whether they're canon or not, um, and, and uh, Bane is, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe so, so maybe, yeah, maybe all along the Jedi were not just wrong, but were completely uh, manipulating. Now I'm off the reservation here. Now I got my tinfoil hat theory, and a lot of you are going to be out there defending the Jedi, as you should. Uh, I'm no Sith either. I am a little bit Sith. Um, so I don't know. Am I, am I far off here, Joseph? Yeah. Am I really tearing into the Jedi? Uh, no, I, I don't think they have a conspiracy. Yeah. I think that is a tinfoil hat moment. Okay, okay. I'll take it. <laughs> I think that they are, I like to joke and call them jerks, and I think they do jerky things, yeah. but I think they're the ultimate hero's dilemma that we see in mm-hmm. a lot of, especially uh, superhero and comic book movies, that like, the only way to stop them is to really hurt them, but if I do that, I'll be as bad as them. And I think the Jedi are sort of the ultimate version of that, of like, we mm-hmm. truly believe in taking action for good. Right. But almost any time we take action, action it's a kind of we're putting some conflict energy right into the galaxy and i feel like they they like mm, we're gonna have try to have as little as conflict as possible but when it has to be conflict we will deal with it fairly and quickly and we go we basically say please we don't want to fight then we cut off a limb <laughs> then we say please we don't want to fight then we kill just one of you. Then we say, please, we don't want to fight. <laughs> and then we kill every last MFR involved in this. I, I think that that escalation, yeah. you do actually get to see. And that's one of the reasons I love yeah. Luke's, uh, his emergence as a Jedi in the beginning of Return of the Jedi. Because you yeah. see him walk through that. I don't want to fight. Right. I'll lie to you a little bit. I'll try to manipulate yeah. you. I'll try force power. Okay, I'm gonna kill everyone here. I'm so sorry. You made <laughs> so me sorry. do it. Have I to, have do to this. kill every last M ever. I tried so hard. All right, so the Jedi aren't bad guys. I apologize to all the Jedi out there. Um, but hypocrites, maybe because hypocrites. they they can't. I, I think all humans are hypocrites on some levels. At certainly. Some level. uh, so in in uh, with Star Wars, we're talking about beings yeah. in general. Uh, but I think that there, there's a, a fun, interesting, flavorful hypocrisy of how do they walk this line. 
And I think it's a really relevant conversation of what does Luke do with all that? Right. It, it, what does Luke do with all that? Is, is Luke at all, is there an angle on this where Luke is the chosen one? A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Uh, yeah, I think so, because he is the one who successfully, through inaction, mm-hmm. brings an end to the reign of evil, of terror. Mm-hmm. Uh by refusing to fight, he, I mean, he finds a way, an ideal Jedi way to towards right. victory of saying, the action that it would take me to win this battle is not the is not worth the win. Right. So if you need to kill me, kill me. I'm not going to kill my father. Right. You know, in 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 that mm. is is his sort of ultimate victory. Yeah. Yeah, and and then and and again, I mean, I just read the stuff from the Mortis episodes, which you know I'm arguing with the father on this one here. But yeah, maybe maybe that could be part of it too. Where uh, you know, again, Lucas is 
is writing the original trilogy at a time where he's not fully comprehending that he's going to get the chance to do the prequels right. or other people are going to expand on the stories in an official capacity. So I sometimes think, uh, you know, he got the chance to add some of that stuff later. Um, so does the, does the prequels, does Anakin, does it become Anakin's story? I still sometimes think it's Luke's story, and now definitely it's a continuation of Luke's story. Yeah. So that makes me think maybe this is, is still more about Luke. I don't know. Now I'm, I'm the lost sequels? on Mortis. Yeah, now, I, now I'm lost on Mortis. I don't know. Well, the thing you just said. I'm maybe. having a psychedelic freak out. <laughs> I'm seeing colors coming off of your head. Your hands are waving, but they're also attached to your body. Okay, I'm getting the weird. meat sweats, and I didn't eat meat. <laughs> a, thing, a thing that you just said made me uh mm. about whose story it is made me think a little bit more about anakin and yeah. maybe this is just going totally making stuff up in my own head maybe the way that the father wanted anakin to bring balance mm. is not who gets wiped out who gets wiped out to what level but rather finding a way to coexist mm-hmm. because that's what happens on mortis is the daughter and the son the light and the dark are just there together yeah. And they disagree, but they live together. And if you go with the interpretation of the Sith that they're not inherently evil, they just believe in passion and they believe in manipulating things beyond what is natural and all that. And the Jedi are very pure and like, nope, don't even think right. those thoughts. And maybe uh, there is a world that if the Sith and the Jedi were not as dogmatic, Anakin could have that perspective of like, Hey, you know, every once in a while, let's just use these dark powers to bring people back to life because it's really cool to love people. Right. We'll go over and we'll live on this side of the galaxy and we'll do weird on natural things. And Jedi, you guys go over here and we don't have to fight. We don't have to catch the whole galaxy up in our mm-hmm. battles over our different dogmas. So maybe there is, maybe that is the interpretation that Mortis wanted of him to allow the others to see one another's perspectives. Yeah, and uh, hey, look, you're saying love, and it's like, really, what drove Vader to the to the brink? It's, uh, you know, his, his, it's his wife. It's his love of his wife, and that's what finally convinced him in the end uh, to switch sides. So, yeah, maybe there's something there where, yeah, if he, if he just remained on that planet, true balance would have, uh, none of those bad things would have happened. But, yeah, maybe... It's interesting that that uh, it's an all can we all just get along moment. Yeah, and that's Jedi an interesting balance thing too. Of like, well, maybe you're going to bring balance to the force because you're just going to do the same thing twice yeah. with different results. Once when you give in to doing absolutely anything for love, you're going to destroy the Jedi Order. Yeah. The next time when you do something for love, you're going to destroy the Sith Order. Balance. Mm. Balance. <laughs> balance. Easy. <laughs> <laughs> and then you know, and then, you know, uh, what, what do you think about this idea here about? That's possibly related to the fall of Ben Solo. Uh, yeah. I like this idea that it was Ben there when Luke was experimenting with some of these bigger themes. Yeah. Well, I, I find the, the discussion of what Luke wants to do fascinating in terms of the actual story mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and like the headcanon that we get to make up. Yeah. And then also the how the creators deal with the fact of we can't ever have the force in balance. We need right. to, we need to create uh, need stories conflict. and yeah. conflict and stuff. <laughs> so Luke can't just be like, "Oh, I found out how to do it." It's just it's a lot of meditating. Absolutely. And sometimes you hug people. Sometimes you hit them. Balance. Yeah. Balance. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I want. I think we all want to believe in a Luke who is thoughtful enough, heroic enough that he takes that next step, that next evolution of of mm. saying. I know from holocrons, I know from meditating with Obi-Wan and Yoda that they feel like, oh, they, they were too dogmatic. Right. So you got to loosen up. But you loosen up too much, that leads to anger, and it leads to the dark side. So, so 
we want to believe in a Luke who comes up with a better path. Yeah. But he yeah. has to have made a little bit of an error, at least in judgment of how he handled Ben. It's interesting to me that that this that there's something related to Luke and Luke running away that is driving all of this. Yeah. As if he undid the balance of the force, whatever that might be, as we're trying to determine it. Yeah. Or that he directly... I like the idea. We're going to find out soon enough, folks. The answers will come as soon as the story leaks start happening. Um, I like the idea, as painful it is, as much as we love Luke as a character, I like the idea that maybe he directly, there's something he's responsible for in Ben, that it isn't just Snoke yeah. whispering in the ear of a jealous son or a confused, angsty son. Yeah. And I love Kylo. I love the character Kylo. Yeah. You know this. Um, I would. I wouldn't like it to be that Luke couldn't foresee that Kylo could go wrong. You know what I mean? That it just suddenly Luke's teaching, doing his thing, and, hi, Kylo, what are you doing? Or, hi, Ben, what are you doing? Uh, call me Kylo. What? <laughs> I, I like there maybe being some weight to what Luke was trying to accomplish. Not because he, to me, wasn't just, I don't interpret anything as him just starting a Jedi Academy because we read some books that made us think that was what was going to happen. I like yeah. the idea that it, beyond just reforming the Jedi Order, he was trying to learn about the origins of the Force or going deeper and finding the first yeah. Jedi Temple, finding some different, different things, and then discovering some of that and maybe trying to change some of the things. Um, he affects Ben directly. I don't know. There's something yeah. uh, something intriguing about like about that to me. I don't know. Yeah. Going bigger and deeper. The headcanon that is starting to emerge for me mm-hmm. is I would like it if Luke said, all right, I've given this a lot of thought, which from the timeline that Bloodline suggests, it could be a decent right. amount of time, not just like, hey, it's been six months since Vader and Palpatine died. I'll yeah. get them Jedi going. Yeah. I like the idea that he's like, well, it's the structure, it's the rigidity mm-hmm. that made both the Jedi and the Sith so dogmatic and, and problematic. Yeah. And, and I trust people. People are good. So I'll have a more nomadic approach, Yeah, which is interesting because it's also, I think, the way... When you just watch the original trilogy, the way Obi- there's something about the way Obi-Wan describes it. It sounds very nomadic. Mm. Like, I just found your dad, and he was real powerful in the Force, and I was going to train him. And then Yoda said, nah, I should train him. And then, of course, we get to the prequels, and we're like, no, it's no. a rigid structure. Yeah. So there's something attractive about that on the meta level of, mm. of creators who want to go back to what some people grew up imagining. Of, like, Luke just saying, nomads, uh, I'm going to teach you. You go follow your bliss. Yeah. If you start killing a lot of people, I'm going to come for you. But besides yeah. that, go do your thing. And maybe if he was like a real granola crunching hippie yeah. Jedi about it, maybe he went too far with that and, and allowed Ben to wander too far. Right. right. I like that a lot. I like that. And, and it's not as though the new creators uh, are trying to unwrite the, the prequels. I like in story. That mm-hmm. is a, that is. You know, Ben Kenobi told his truths from a certain point of view. So if Luke, in his formative Jedi years, I can't say growing up, but in 18, 19 years of age and on, yeah. is has this view of uh, my father went bad and, and it was, but it was this, this old wise old wizard in the, for, in, the, in the wilderness, but, you know, through study and learns. No, there was a lot more to the fall that had to do with the Jedi, not yeah. just your father. Certainly that had something to do with it. The arrogance of the Jedi allowed them not to uh, see what was going on. Yeah, I could get behind. Now we're just talking about episode eight predictions here, yeah. but I can get behind <laughs> the fact that he, at some point, be, just decided to try something new and different and get to the core of what the Force is and what it meant meant to be a Jedi. I like that. Yeah, 
I think they're, they're certainly going to go that way. I, I, I can't imagine that they would go Luke recreating the sort of strict rules of the Jedi that we saw. I mean, he didn't open up Hogwarts. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. there's, there's no way he did that. That's a reference to Lord of the Rings. Um, he didn't. <laughs> he didn't do that to me, which is what you know. And this is not a slide on Kevin J. Anderson and Jedi Academy books from the from the mid to late nineties. I, I got at the time that worked. It was, you know, cool. You, Luke's got a new school. Yay, yeah. Sign everybody up. I can't imagine that. Bloodline hints at that not happening directly. No. Uh, it's not that I don't. I think Luke was teaching Jedi. I believe the Knights of Ren, that's that flashback or flash forward or whatever you want to call it with Ray, the Ray's vision. Yeah. It had to do with this, this quote unquote school. But I yeah. think it might have been more Luke as a mentor of these people and trying to find a way and him finally rolling up his sleeves and going, F it. I failed. I'm out. Yeah. And I got to go more on a more of mission. I don't want anything to do with this. The force is a mysterious thing, man. Yeah. We, <laughs> we need to, yeah, we need to get like a professor of the force. Can <laughs> well, we find that? I think we're putting in credits to yeah. be, get as close as we can yeah. to random professors of the force. Uh, Adam in particular mm-hmm. asked about the, the idea of could the chosen one balance the light and dark side of the force within himself? And I think that's an interesting question, too, because obviously some of the concept art for The Force Awakens had pictures of, you know, double-bladed lightsabers with, you know, red and blue and right. all that kind of thing. And so maybe it's something that the creators are playing with. And I think that's... We talked a little bit about it. I want to make sure we address that part yeah. of Adam's question. We talked a little bit about it with that idea of maybe that's the balance that Anakin should have had is being the mediator and saying, I, I can see both sides, I can balance it within myself. That, yeah, that's, that's definitely an interesting concept. I, I, I like to think that, that whatever it was, whatever the prophecy was, whether Jedi got it right or wrong, that it would be more than just, hey, one guy's going to balance it within himself. Cool idea. Um, but it seems that then would just, he just goes in the forest and sits around with a balanced, <laughs> yeah. balanced breakfast because um, there's bigger Chocolate things at donuts. hand and there's always going to be opposing forces to it. And it's, so then it would be about how do you use that and, and use it with yourself and with others yeah. to find the balance of the force. And, 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 and the idea, and you're, you're so great at bringing up the force as this living, breathing entity, really, where, you know, the force, we always would joke going into seven that the force, the force is awake now and is yeah. bored and wants people's attention. That's what <laughs> your always theory was. And yeah, um, I thought it was going to be like more of a, like a central character. And yeah. so far there's, there's so far not, which might sometimes I think the little malaise about Snoke is that it just kind of came off as another Sithy type of guy. Yeah. And it was explicitly not Sith, right. but right. But, but he had a black robe and spoke in an evil, evil accent. Yes. Um, go make the preparations. Make the necessary preparations. <laughs> um, and that was, again, this isn't a, suddenly now tearing down seven. I loved it. But it was, Snoke wasn't the strongest thing yet. I think no. it could unfold to be better. I'm, I I'm, think so, too. I'm having uh, exercise a lot of patience. But I think, I think we're going to get more about Snoke that might not be just the evil guy in robes. Um, and honestly, if he is just an evil guy in the robes, but is really fun and charming in the flesh when he's not just a big uh, yeah, grumbly yeah. hologram, yeah, we'd probably be fine with that, too. Probably be fine with that. I can't imagine a fun and charming Snoke. I want to. I'm going to have to imagine that. I mean, he had to have <laughs> seduced Ben somehow, right? In some way. He couldn't just sit on a chair and be like, come, let me tell you how to do it. Like, at some yeah. point, yeah, you're right. Let's it's get a drink. Sidle up to him at a cocktail party, right? Let's like, get a drink. I understand your father's never around. 
<laughs> I know how that feels. My father was Palpatine. What? Have uh, you ever seen a hologram this big? <laughs> <laughs> There's so much there. So, Adam, I hope we answered it. At least we opened up some more discussion points, Joseph. Absolutely. Yeah, we threw a lot of wild theories out there. Yeah, and I yeah. think it is, uh, I think you can answer this question in your own head, your own head canon. I think you can mm-hmm. go to various things that Lucas has said and pin it down to, this is what Lucas said at these different times. He might have changed his mind, but I think one of the charms mm-hmm. of this deep Star Wars stuff with the Force is that it is, it is a puzzle. And, yeah. you know, it's definitely one of the things that you can apply to your own life. Yeah. And say, hey, was Anakin right to just pursue whatever for love? Or was Luke right to say, I, I love my friends, so I'm not going to fight over them? And, you know, you, you can apply them to your actual life. And I think it's one of the things that just gives Star Wars a, a beating heart. And in a way, right. it's like it's a great mystery to not quite ever truly solve. And I'm I'm going through something in my life just coming off of a season of reviewing Game of Thrones over in Screen Junkies Plus where yeah. I'm trying, even though it's sometimes my business, to not lock myself in into ideas of things yet to come. Yes. <laughs> I'm open to whatever they're planning to do with Luke and 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 the fall of Ren and or the rise of Ren and the fall of Ben. Like I I, <laughs> I I'm open to it. I'm intrigued. And so what I'm putting out there is more questions than definitive opinions because uh I found myself getting uh, over a little disappointed by my own headcanon not being answered on screen and TV shows and comic books and books. And uh, I'm trying to be I'm trying to find the balance in the force myself, Joseph. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun when you don't go full dark side and just a movie shouldn't to me just be like a checklist and go like they got that. They got that. They missed that. They got that. You know. Yeah. It's one way to enjoy it, but I don't think maybe the best way. Not the best way. Not the best way. We're going to take some fan questions here. And surely, uh, don't call me Shirley, this conversation is going to continue on the Internet. Follow us at Force Center Pod, me at Ken Napsock, Joseph at Joseph Scrimshaw, and use the hashtag Force Center. Give it to us, guys. Give us your theories on the prophecy. And did the Jedi get it right? Wrong. How do you go about this? Do you understand the Mortis episodes? I got to admit, I don't necessarily (laughs) understand them as best as I think I should uh, or possibly could because there's a lot there. If you haven't seen them and and you're joining us again or you stuck through that spoiler part of it, go check out those Mortis episodes. Take some notes. Get back to us. (laughs) Should we jump into the fan questions? Let's do it. Excellent. This first one comes from Amy Wishman, Nalan, at Amy Wishman. In Attack of the Clones, should Yoda have let Obi and Annie die to prevent Dooku's escape? Thus ending war. Did he show attachment? This is a nice themed question to our, our big topic here today. Uh, because this is another area because where the Jedi could be seen as hypocritical of don't have attachments. Yeah. It's not quite the same as Ellie hey, friends die, whistle and walk away. <laughs> right? It's a, Amy, that's a great question. I, I, I've never heard this asked directly like this. I've never heard this. This is a great question. This is why I love our fans out here in Force Center, Joseph, who go along for our journeys with us here on these shows. I never have heard, should Yoda have let them die? Yeah. But I'm intrigued by it because maybe he should have. I think with hindsight, he might have considered it. Yeah. Because I think in his mind, he's still bummed of the truth that his Padawan had fallen to the dark side. Yeah. And I don't think... In that moment, it was probably framed in even his brilliant little Yoda brain (laughs) that, oh, Dooku's the head. If I cut off the head, the war doesn't even start. Right. Uh, So I think if he had been able to think about it clearly, he might have made that choice. But I don't think that that choice was crystal clear. 
It to wasn't him. crystal clear, and you know, hindsight and foresight, like you said, twenty twenty. Um, you know, this goes to the conversation that that Duku, or as I sometimes like to call him, Duku, um, was the father of the rebellion in a weird way. Yeah. We 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 I've heard him refer to that in some ways and and some maybe now non-canon stuff, but in a way the separatists were fighting against what would eventually become the empire. I don't think they knew that. I don't think that was clear. It wasn't no. like Dooku was, but in a weird roundabout way. So if Dooku wins and Anakin dies and there's no Darth Vader, what would Palpatine have done? I don't know. It opens up a lot of things, but it's fun to think that maybe the right thing might have been the horrible thing to do. I love imagining the smash cut. To Palpatine in this what if version where (laughs) Yoda throws his blade, cuts Dooku's head off, lets that big piece of machinery pillar crush the chosen one. Palpatine (laughs) loses both his current apprentice and his future apprentice that he's pinning everything on. And just that, oh shit. (laughs) I hope Maul has spider legs. (laughs) I'd like to bring him back. Yeah, I think that uh, to the to the other point in the question, I don't think saving friends and comrades lives Mm -hmm. is the same as the kind of attachment that they're talking about, because clearly they value friendship. They value loyalty. Mm -hmm. They just don't want you to become so intertwined with people i think outside of the jedi order it 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 goes to uh, I, it's so funny when i'm on my game of thrones show i reference star wars to the point where people <laughs> tell me to shut up when i'm on my star wars show i reference game of thrones it's aemon targaryen telling john snow on the show um it was mormont in the books that that love is the death of duty yeah it's an unpopular opinion. You're a married man, but you still have your duties. I'm a single man, and I'm trying to hold to the idea that that's right because I need that to sleep at <laughs> night. Um, but romantic love, sex makes people stupid. Yes. And and can form attachments and distract you. And how many of us have been in bad relationships and all that kind of stuff? And I think it just comes down to romance. I really think it just comes down to the Jedi going, nope, no sex before the boxing match. Yeah, or weakens legs. As people have said before, sex is fine. Yeah, just don't get emotionally attached. Right, but which, I, which I might think be it's, impossible. Yeah, and I think, like we were talking about earlier, I think that's one of the beautiful uh, little problems mm-hmm. of the prequels—an intended problem of right. the Jedi so intend to be noble and yeah. high-minded. We're like, you know, what would be great is if we don't get really obsessed with people to the point where right. we use our powers in anger or in violence right. to protect our loved ones. Wouldn't that be great? Right. You kind of you take that by itself. That's great. That's but then great. you take your loved ones are in danger and you have power in our protector of truth and justice. Right. Maybe defend your loved ones. Right. And, and if Yoda's a good guy, quote unquote, yeah. there's no way he's going to watch Obi and Anakin die. I, you can't imagine that. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think that's a good kind of attachment to have. A balanced, if you will, yeah. attachment to yeah. have, um, but an interesting one. It's a yeah. great question. A great question. And it, if he had killed Dooku, I think at least would have set Palpatine's plans back. <laughs> if he had let the chosen one die, back for sure. to the drawing board. God damn it! Uh, next question is from Russ at RTURC twenty two. What do tauntauns smell like on the outside? Another deep philosophical question <laughs> on our deep philosophical episode. Ken, I have an answer. Excellent. It's a headcanon answer. Uh, I've I've raised some ferrets before. I've had some ferrets. <laughs> Have you really? Due to an ex ex girlfriend, we had three ferrets at one point. Mm, um, romance I, leads y- to ferrets. Yep, romance leads to ferrets. And ferrets historically and notoriously have a weird smell. 
our ferrets didn't because guess what? You can bathe ferrets recently, uh, regularly, I should say. Um, Though the smell is just something a little bit about who they are. Um, I think Tauntauns smell like super-sized ferrets that are wet. Okay. Like a wet dog feel, but if you've ever had a ferret, you've ever been around a ferret, you know it's a it's a weird, sour, musky smell. Okay, weird, sour, musky. Great animals to have in your house. <laughs> I think the Tauntauns smell like that. It's a little bit when you turn the corner uh, into the llama section on a hot day at the zoo. It is, it's not pleasant, <laughs> but you okay. can get used to it. A, yeah, I agree that I think it, it's certainly wet there's a wet smell there's yeah. a in a wet animal smell i was yeah. gonna say like a wet dog with that's maybe been smoking clove cigarettes like just <laughs> some other extra weird a hipster dog yeah a little hipster dog a little hipster art school dog <laughs> is what the tauntaun smells like from the outside like like you can smell the wet dog but then there's something on top that's trying to mask it and failing <laughs> that's what han i i would imagine that would get han's goat absolutely i think han in my version, could be like, oh, it smells like a wet ferret because ferrets are real in Star Wars Galaxy in my <laughs> world. Uh, but I think Han would have a trouble with the hipster dog. Oh, yeah. He wouldn't yeah. like that. Yeah, he would not hold with that Absolutely. at all. Our final question is from Joey Beans at Joey Beans 81 I did not know there were 80 other Joey Beans on Twitter. He didn't either. It's pretty awesome. Uh, he starts with a very, very friendly greeting. Sup, sexies? Thank you. We are very sexy, Ken. What piece of merchandise are you looking forward to the most from Rogue One? Me, new AT-AT toys. First of all, I've known Joey a long time, Joseph. I've known him. He's been a follower of us over at Shmosno since their 2011, 2012 oh, awesome. days. So, Joey, I want to give you this message. Shut up. Stop <laughs> listening to our podcast. Your wife needs you. You're ignoring her. You know she's going to buy you all the toys anyway. So why are you, cr- why are you crammering for toys, all right? Leave us alone, Joey. No. Joey's a good friend of mine. Um, at at toys. Yep, I'm excited about that. Are we? Are, is it still okay? Is it Star Wars correct for us to say at at? Or I'm do going we need with to it. say at at? Uh, is this a generational thing where we are being phased out and we must accept it? We are being phased out. I can accept it. I've have, I've grown. I'm a huge fan of the band Oasis. All right, <laughs> the mid '90s. I would die on the hill for Oasis. And if okay. you were a Blur fan or a Pulp fan or whatever you were, and you hated Oasis because the brothers Gallagher were drunk louts, I'd fight you for it. All right. Then I hit a point in my life where I'm like, you know what? I love them. You don't have to. We can coexist in this world together. Right. Balance. That's where I'm at with the AT-ATs versus AT-ATs. Fair enough. It started as a fun joke between me and Maud Garrett, who I adore and respect greatly. She called them AT-ATs. I called them AT-ATs. We're also 10 years apart. Yes. Um, and then it got a little out of hand. <laughs> and I've, I've gotten some handwritten letters <laughs> about I'm an idiot. How could you even think they're called AT-ATs? I submitted the Kenner commercial from 1980 as evidence. And they say ad-ats They say ad-ats. I've heard people inside Star Wars say it. And then these foreigners, Swedish, whatever they are, making battlefronts. (laughs) They make the battlefront. They go to Star Wars Celebration, and the lady is asked... I forget her name because she's she's still in the documentary, but the new Battlefront. Okay, a sweet lady. She, she looks like lead singer the Cardigans, uh, uh, Nina Pearson, and, and she says, um, "Oh no, it's at at. It's official at at." And I and and Cobster from Schmoes and Cody Hall from Schmoes and Mark Ellis from Schmoes. They turn to me and they're like, "Aha!" It was the day we'll live in for me. I'm, I'm sidetracked. I'm sorry. Fair enough. But do, do you think knowing Joey? 
Would yeah. he appreciate that we said ad-ads? Yes. Or is he an AT-AT he, man? Even if he's an AT-AT man, he appreciates it. Uh, that's why I like it, Joey. Um, but also, Joey, you're wrong. You're not, <laughs> you're not going to have new ad-ad toys or AT-A toys. You're going to have AT-A-R-T-Cs or whatever they are. At-Arts. At-Arts. Are they at, they're is, the all-terrain. in there? Yes. All-terrain armored uh, cargo transport. Ad-Ax. Yeah, Ad-Ax. Yeah. So you're going to get entirely new toys, Joey. How do you like that? Clear room on your shelf. All right? <laughs> um, I'm excited about that, but I'm, I'm telling you why I'm excited um, is, is I really want uh, some really good Jen Erso figures. Yeah. And I think it's a chance, and you know, Joseph, I've been on the side that there was more Ray toys than people realized, but I think it's a chance for Lucasfilm, Disney, everyone to really put it on the forefront because yep. she's their lead to do it right. And to give us a lot of options. Yep, yeah, plenty of her on the shelf. Here's what I want. I, I hadn't thought about the Adat, mm-hmm. and like the Adat was a coveted toy when oh, I was very, very yeah. young, and it was always beyond our reach. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember when the Power of the Force came out, my brother, because he knew growing up with me yeah. how much I wanted it. When they put out the cool new one for the Power of the Force line, yep. he got me one for Christmas, and it was like I was a child. And God bless you. Great memory. So I, yeah. I want to get uh, a new at act. Or an A-T-A-C-T, uh, whichever, and I'll say yeah. it, whichever way seems appropriate. Whoever yeah. gives it to me, I will say it however they want <laughs> however me to they say want it. it. But the thing I really, really want more than anything is some good Mon Mothma action figures. I oh, want, I didn't even think of that. I want Mon Mothma with the doubting head shake oh. action. You squeeze her legs and she just kind of shakes her head like a little gif of like, nope. Now nope. with disapproving action? Yeah, now with disapproving action. I want Mon Mothma with disapproving action. Now with bemused head movement. <laughs> I like that. I want it with a whole range of gif emotions. A new General Jan Dodonna? Oh, yeah. Oh, Joey, there's a lot of toys out there we want. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're excited. I'm running out of room, man, in my, I know. know. I am officially out of room. If you, we're recording in my place tonight. You see behind you oh, the yeah. uh, amalgamation of toys that have... No place to live. Impressive. Most impressive. <laughs> I think we need to get a force center office. That's we right. Just put all of our toys into one area. Uh, Joey, that's a great question. You know I love you. Um, that is a great question. Tweet me what, what you're also looking forward to uh, outside the new ad at toys. What else out there, Joey? You want some new Jin or so slippers or some Donnie Yen <laughs> um, bathrobes or something? Oh, I hope they just make a Donnie Yen stick. It just tortures parents. It's just a (laughs) stick. But you have to uh, pretend to be blind to use it. Please purchase this branded wood, (laughs) then close your eyes and swing it around. (laughs) Star Wars. Uh, That is great. Thank you, Joey. Thank you, Russ. Thank you, Amy. For your fan questions, you can always submit them to us on Twitter at Force Center Pod using the hashtag Force Center. And again, on Facebook. Don't forget that Facebook page. We want to pump it up a little bit. You can write us there, post it on our wall uh, like Adam Taylor did. He gave us an entire show. Yeah. Adam, I hope we made you feel somewhat happy with our answers and our discussion. But you, you drove this show, and we appreciate that. Yeah, nice, big, juicy question. Thank you so much, Adam. Absolutely. So that's going to be it for this week's edition of Force Center. We'll be back, of course, next week with the main show, the Superstar Destroyer, Databank Brawl on the way, all things coming here on the Force Center podcast feed. Joseph, as always, it is so great to have you driving this ship alongside me. 
But you also have a lot of ventures outside of this. And where I can the people do. find those? You can find me on the social medias as at Joseph Scrimshaw, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, all those places. I got a bunch of live shows coming up this summer. Uh, in particular, I'm excited about this. I'll be at Convergence in Minneapolis, uh, the Twin Cities. I'll be a guest of honor there. I'm doing a bunch of shows, a bunch of podcasts, mm. and I'm doing a live databank brawl there nice. at Convergence, which I think is going Great. to be a lot of fun. It's going to be another little tournament like the one you and I did in Vegas, Ken. Great. And then you're going to be able to hopefully record that, right? We yeah. can maybe get a hold of that later on. That's yeah. great. So if, yeah. you, if you're out in that area, check it out. It was very fun to do it live at Wizard World Vegas, but I, I think we have a, a lot more potential to do it at yeah. other places live, and that's going to be great. And uh, yeah, do that there, man. Join that. If you're out there in the area, you can get a, get a hold of uh, Joseph Scrimshaw in person. Now, when you say <laughs> guest of honor... Does that mean someone's been like, Justice Grimshaw's coming here? We must double our efforts. Yes. Okay, yeah. Good. Yeah. And people wear slippers. It's great. Yeah. It's great. <laughs> you can follow me at Catnapsuck across all social media platforms, including Snapchat, which you will get nothing from me because <laughs> I still look at it like I am some kind of old Jedi talking about the young ones with anger and jealousy. Uh, that is it for this edition of Force Center, guys. It's been fun. Don't forget, if you're on iTunes, subscribe, rate, and review. You can find us on Podomatic and Stitcher as well. And Google Play one day, once I can figure out how to properly submit the show. <laughs> Until next time, the Force, it's imbalanced if, and, and balanced if you want it to be. We'll see you next time. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.